Here we go. Folks, this is your host Cameron Ivy of Privacy Please, and thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. Tell your friends about it if you like it. If you don't, let's just pretend you didn't listen to it. Thanks again for coming in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All righty then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another unplugged episode of Privacy Please. I'm Cameron Ivy, hanging out with Mr. Gabe Gums. How you doing, man? <laughs> Shibuya roll Shibuya roll call. Um, <laughs> so you you brought to my attention a pretty interesting article, and you called this privacy threat modeling. Well, I, I, this the episode, like I wanted to get into a conversation about what I am what I'm going to coin as privacy threat modeling. The 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 concept of just general threat modeling has, has existed in, in, in security for a very long time, right? Like, um, you know, we have your general kind of threat models that you can build to look at how safe a system is. You have like mm-hmm. application security threat modeling, which probably is the most defined of the threat modeling kind of landscape in, in the infosec world. Um, Adam, Adam, Adam show who was with, uh, was with Microsoft for a while. I forget where he's at these days. He wrote a number of books on the topic that were really cool, but like this article, and we're going to post the article is, uh, so Volkswagen, you know, the company, you, you know, the, the, the company Volkswagen, yeah. you all know the company really well. So their engineers built a completely motorized office chair, right? Like equipped with headlights, a horn, the whole nine, right? Like, why? Why the hell did Volkswagen do that? Are they going to start selling office chairs that are actually cars? What's what's happening there? Um, that that also doesn't make any sense because of the high rate of work from home. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, what are you going to be strolling around in your house with a motorized? I, I mean, my office <laughs> is a decent size in my house, but like, I don't know many people who can just like motorize around like their whole home office. So let's assume that maybe it's not home office. Let's just buzz it around like the whole place. In which case, that's still not for all my New York City, San Francisco, Boston homies who live in like shoeboxes either, right? Like they get, they get none of that. They get right. none of that. Here we go. Here we go. So just to give everybody a reference, this is what. They, there it is. It's a beautiful picture. Yeah. Oh, look at that thing. Yeah, that looks, is one. Look, I'm going to tell you, I want one. Like, I was one of those guys who never really wanted a gamer chair. But whatever this thing is, I feel I need it in my life. I'm going to need it. <laughs> but but yeah. why did this catch my attention, though? Like, So let's talk about why the Volkswagen engineers did this. Like, It was literally mostly an exercise in seeing how much of their technology they could embed into a car. So in in particular, they have these work vans, right? Like Volkswagen has these work vans that are amazing. Um, Shameless plug to them. It's an unpaid plug, but like, whatever, it's an amazing van. Um, And it's a work van. It has all these, all this technology built into it. And as a work van, is it intended for, yes, for work, for fleets of users. But 
but this much technology crammed into it. Like it does get the thinking about like from a privacy perspective as a worker, there's already, I assume, an expectation in the transportation business that like, okay, your location is going to be tracked. Your speed is going to be tracked. All those things are going to be tracked. But imagine a world where, where you also now have this office chair with all of that technology built in such that such that all this information is known about you. There's a lot of other information that these work vehicles can already provide to employers, namely how often you're actually in your chair physically, right? Like how much, how much you weigh? Like, why is it, why is it that, that this person versus that person that fills it, fill in any blank you want with any ridiculous statement based on, on just raw data points that don't mean anything. It got me thinking about the entire exercise of privacy threat modeling, right? Like what happens when you have this type of technology in this type of application? What are the privacy threats and implications to that? There's this conversation that we're having. Right. But there's no formalized privacy threat modeling process in the same way there's a security threat modeling process where you can look at the boundaries of data and where the data boundaries meet up with actual interactions of, 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 of plausible threats so that you can look at that landscape. I st- I just... I mean, that's fascinating to look at it that way um, because nowadays you have to with just thinking about how every tech company, and it it comes from Facebook too. Facebook has started it all. So it comes to, you always have to think about privacy with any kind of new technology. And so what you and I are saying is you and I do that kind of privacy threat modeling regularly, like in our brains, right? Like like we just regularly do that, but but wouldn't it be nice for that to be a a more structured thing that maybe an organization can do and say, okay, before we build all this technology into this chair, let's look at what new privacy threats we introduce, not just what security threats we introduce, but what privacy threats we introduce. And it would equally be nice as someone who builds technology to have that done in a bit more of a streamlined fashion. Like I, I work with teams that perform those types of activity because we are all very privacy centric as are you. But yeah, that article really got me thinking about it. Like it's the classic, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And now in this case, it was an exercise in we're going to do it because we can. Like we know we shouldn't, but this is wholly an exercise in can we, can we do it? And their answer was, yeah, yeah, no, we can totally do it. We can do a lot of that. And so then it got me thinking, well, if you can, then then the, the, the natural extrapolation of what can also happen from there just starts immediately going into, I think, look, if we're being honest, Cam, I, I got my start in InfoSec as, as, um, as a white hat hacker. And it's really hard to not see the world that way sometimes, right? Like, especially, you know, from a privacy perspective, it's just really hard not to see the world through this constant lens of privacy threats and attack on your data. Yeah. But I want that. I want that chair though. Like, how do I get that chair? Like I need, I need to host my own version of that chair. Like I need to take control of my data, but I need to take control of my chair from Volkswagen. I mean, first of all, what's the price of this thing going to be? And second of all, there's no way that you can equip an entire office with that. There's going to be just one. Not with that attitude. There's going to be one a-hole running around the office with a horn on his chair, jamming like, don't worry. I feel about seen. a thing. Just so we're, just so we're clear, I feel seen. I'm gonna let that slide because because we're boys, and I would totally be blasting. Don't worry, be happy because Bobby McFarlane it's, is an amazing, amazing artist, right? And it'd be <laughs> impossible not to be in a good mood listening to that song. So 
But I would have to blast horns at anyone not singing along. This is true. <laughs> so the answer to how much will it cost? Probably way more than than I would be willing to invest because I don't think they're actually going to make it. It was legitimately like an exercise in can we do it? It was probably part sure. exercise in marketing. Like, look, Gabe's talking about the office chair even like, you know. But for, to be fair, like it, it's worth talking about on this show because it's only a matter of time before there are smart chairs in offices if they don't already exist – I don't even want to Google it. And my natural inclination is to worry about the privacy threats that, that, you know, putting technology under my butt brings with it. Right. Because all it's going to do, just like everything else, you're going to probably have to have an application that syncs with this said chair and you're going to have to put your information in. So a chair is going to know about your personal information and where's that data going? Know everything. Right. Look, think about all of the, the technology that exists in that Volkswagen van, because that's the, the technology that they moved from here to there, right? But think about all the technology that exists in any car that, that they, they're now just basically proving, like theoretically, like we can put that all into this smaller form factor. Your temperature, like, all right, that employee's been running a hot temperature for two, three days, send them home. Some might see that as a good thing, you know, just having lived through a pandemic. Others might see that as an absolute invasion of their privacy. Right. Maybe that that they they're not sick at all, and maybe maybe they're maybe they're with child, and and uh, they're running a fever for some other reason. And now 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 you've just invaded their privacy on a different level. Again, uh, the weight one because that's an obvious one, right? Like it, it went up twenty pounds in, in the last year. It went down twenty in the last two weeks. Are are, are they doing something? Are they like? There's just there's just so much naughty that happens when you just give people unbridled access to information. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it, but it is yeah. fascinating to think about. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, like maybe we should, we should issue ch- more challenges at the end of, of our unplug. But like the challenge here is like privacy threat modeling. If there's someone out there working on privacy threat modeling, I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to understand how you're approaching that problem, how you're solving for that problem. Because today, the only thing I have really to work with are these kind of verbal tabletop exercises that we go through. Um, yes, we go through security ones that have privacy implications and knock-ons, but those are formalized inside of a security process, not inside of a privacy process. Right, right. Well, I think that we're going to see it evolve, obviously, even more as it as it has in the last few years. Can I just call dibs on coining on coining the phrase privacy threat modeling? I know it was an obvious coin of phrase, but so what? It's mine now. Like I don't I don't care. It's mine. It's now. yours. Nobody's yeah. going to take it from you. That's it. Like I don't hear anyone else using it, so now it's mine. Thanks. Until Thanks. until we start hitting the market, and then we're going to be like, I knew it. Someone's going to come oh, up with the first gen, then the next gen, and and I'm going to be sitting there going uh, like an old curmudgeon, like that was me. <laughs> and then you're going to be yelling at people to get off your front lawn well i do that already but do you, why are they on my lawn that's the real question what the hell are they doing on the lawn that's that's yeah. the question i guess yeah. is it wrong that i'm yelling at them for being on the lawn it should it should not have been on the lawn in the first place that's true that's true yeah. well this is fascinating thanks for bringing this up and uh as gabe said just to wrap things up um this made me think of the the people you see in the airport with the riding luggage, which is ridiculous um, because, you know, just use your legs. But uh, this, this definitely does, you know, beg the question of anybody out there that is into privacy threat modeling or, or that engage in this kind of activity or think about these kind of things. Let us know. We'd love to have you on the show. It'd be fun to uh, kind of dig further into this and, and kind of pick your brain. So, um, Gabe, you got anything else? We good for today? 
that's it. That's it. I'm looking forward to um I'm looking forward to our next full on episode. We gotta we've got some good folks lined up in the queue to, to to get on air. Um but otherwise, yeah, it's always always good to catch up with the audience even unplugged. Yeah, it's crazy. We're we're almost close to wrapping up season three. Um, which is pretty awesome. Well, we appreciate you guys as always, and uh we'll see you next week. Hey, you guys made it all the way to the end. Thanks for listening. Again, if this is your first time, we really appreciate the support and everyone that's always been around since the beginning. We love you guys. Keep supporting Privacy, please. And we'll always have new content each and every week. Cameron Ivy, over and out.